This is for all the girls who grew up without strong geek role models to help them discover their geek dreams. For everyone who's ever been quizzed about their video game knowledge because girls have plenty. Geek Hearing is working to bring female identifying geeks into the prime to be the role models, dreams, and voices. About to show these boys how we do it. Higher, further, faster, baby. It's not about deserve. I'm not an owl! A girl has no name. There is something supernatural at work here. It's about what you believe. Did I stop on your mom? The guardian Lemosa. Now on. You do as I tell you. May the odds be ever in your favor. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? Welcome to Geek Hearing, a critical geek culture podcast where we talk about intersectional and inclusive feminism in a male-dominated environment. Hi, my name is Vonnie and with me today is my lovely, glorious, amazing, pink and slightly tech-confused, like all of us here today, co-host Amanda. Hi, Amanda. Where am I? Who is that? Who's speaking? (laughs) (laughs) Hi. I, I wouldn't be able to tell you even if I tried. I know. You just what you, a mess. you did just tell me. You told me that you're Moni. So actually I just have problems understanding. It's true. <sighs> what a Dude. day. What a day. What a tech. What a thing. What a what <laughs> I Google, what is a podcast? Thank you. <laughs> Gemma's making this joke in chat, but my mother used to Google things like this. She tried to type in once, and this is a search phrase. This company next to the trampolines. In this city, please. Thank you. <laughs> like, with a thank you at the end. In the full adorable. fucking sentence. I don't know if she actually got to where she needed, but it was like a full proper sentence with a lot of site descriptions. <laughs> That's the best thing I've ever heard. <clears throat> it was really funny. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's that's definitely how I feel about today and the tech situation. Mm-hmm. I've never felt more like a boomer. Same, honestly, like today and I just, I just, it just doesn't make sense. The tech just does not make sense. Does not sense. I mean, I think in reality there is a reason behind this. We just don't know what the reason behind it is. That's the biggest issue. That's true. That's true. There is a reason, but what is the reason? And I do not know and nobody knows because it doesn't make sense and we're all boomers. We're all boomers. And the answer to life is 42. I know. Maybe I just... Marty asked me today, he's like, open your start menu and just pr- and type in CMD. And I was like, there's nowhere to type. There's no search bar. And he's like, just type it, Amanda. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> opening up the control panel, like, what is life? How do you do this? What's happening right now? Like, I am totally out of my element here. And I'm like, what is even going on? What is going on? I don't know. No one knows. I can't tell you. I tried. I tried to help you, but it didn't work. I'm sorry. It might have made everything worse. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, it might have... Some of the help that was offered and that I did today made the rest of my computer not work the way that it should, but it also didn't solve my website problems. So, And that's like that's that's between three people, two people who do tech. Um and me just being like pressing the button, CMD, <laughs> in my, in my clearing cache. I think your computer had issues before, from what I can remember you telling me. <sighs> yeah. Anyways. Anyway, we're not here to talk is- about tech exactly. or, or the lack of tech doing the things that it's supposed to do. We are talking about something really fun. So much fun. I didn't hear you. I don't know why I didn't hear you. Did Aww. you mute yourself? No, I, I didn't mute I myself. You know. I said, 
So much fun. <laughs> no one needs another tech podcast. Well, good that you will get one, though, Gemma. Good that you will get one. Well, Mani, if you would like a guest to come on and be like, what's happening? How do I do this thing? Can you t walk me through this like I am five? Um, I volunteer. <laughs> I mean, you're on my guest list anyway. Um, Jesus. We can do, we <laughs> That's can a terrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, unrelated. <laughs> but we're going to talk about Enola Holmes 2 today. Yeah, we are. recently came out on Netflix. We're so excited. There was a dance. There was a dance. It was a glorious it dance. It was very awkward, so you didn't really miss anything. If no, I thought it was a wonderful one. Podcast. Oh, okay. Best dance we've ever done. Mm. <laughs> I love how we have two do totally different um, kinds of approaches to things like this. But I am yes, positive. Yes, Enola Holmes. I watched it this morning, so we can talk about this today and tell me everything you think about it. Okay, I watched it on before. Saturday, just to, since apparently we're saying when we watched it. Um, and I liked it a lot. I loved it. Um, I love Millie Bobby Brown. I love Enola Holmes. I like the um the historical accuracy and the historical inaccuracy but like it's not inaccurate it's just like what you do for 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 media that's what i'm trying to say and i like henry cavill and i like sherlock holmes and i like so many like little elements of this film um anyways it's like yes it's a yes a big old yes for me Big old yes. Interesting. Well, it's not interesting. I also generally, I, gen, I generally liked it. I do think I like the first one better. I had, and I don't, I don't know if I can play, can blame um, the time of day for it or whatever. But I think in between of it, I almost fell asleep. <laughs> what? I, I know, I'm sorry. Uh, it was, I don't know. I don't know what it was. And then I was like, no, I can't fall asleep now. I need to finish watching this. I can't just like not often start like halfway over again and watch another hour. So yeah, I had to make myself sit up straighter and then finish watching it. And I do agree. Like I really like Millie Bobby Brown and yeah, Henry Cavill was great too. And and a lot of other actresses and actors in there were great as well. And the story is nice, but it was like very meh. I don't know. Hmm. Maybe it was because Enola Holmes was super exciting the very first time it came around because you just love the love the idea of like Holmes having a sister and also being a detective and things. Oh, Helena Bonham Carter loved her. So she's cool, amazing. Really, I just I just I just think she's epic in every way. Anyway, um, but yeah, it was not fresh now anymore, and I think that's mm. what made it so cool the first time because it was new and exciting and now i'm like yeah seeing that hmm. and then it was just the additional sherlock with a cool ending in the end and a lot of female representation but the which should be there anyway in a lot of films exactly we bit recycled exactly that's what it what it felt like a bit to me because what else was otherwise new in this in this one in this movie well, the story was a true story, more or less. Yeah. I only realized it in the end, though. That what made me really excited. I was like, oh, cool. 
But I was like, at the, I always thought this was all, all of this was fake. And also how, how much of it is true. Obviously, just the, the, the working situation, right? There is no Moriarty. <laughs> Which I did think was epic, though, that I like that. Yeah, that was very cool. And they've made Moriarty into a woman. And a black woman exactly and up to a like, black woman that's 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 that was also like that was a great move i love that mm-hmm. yeah I really really, really that. i really like that but that's also just like then it's then it's just a sum a, a, a like a basket full of nice intended and nice things but then story-wise then i was just because i thought until the end it was some story mm-hmm. um I wasn't super invested, and then in the end, when I when I saw like when I saw that this was like the first kind of protest for women, work working women and things, I was like, oh, this is cool. But I didn't have this excitement through the throughout the movie. Mm. I don't know. I'm sorry to hear that because no. I mean, I did. I I I enjoyed the film. I enjoyed it quite a lot. Um, and the Match Girl strike of 1888 did actually happen, um, and it was. Sarah Chapman, who led it, along with um, a woman called... Where is her name? I was just reading about it. Um, Annie Besant, um, who was a women's rights activist, socialist philanthropist, um, who helped get everything going through Parliament to have like a full-on um, industrial action strike um, for for a matchmaking company called Bryant and May. Um, and... When that all came through, they just tried to get the woman to sign a statement refuting this article um, that um, Annie Besant like wrote in a newspaper and to Parliament, like trying to sway public opinion, I guess, on on what was going on in the workers' rights and everything. Um, and the the Match Girls refused to sign that statement, and the Bryant and May fired one of the match girls and that's what led to the strike. Um, and it was like mm-hmm. a, a strike that actually m- brought about change. Um, it wasn't the first strike um, that the match girls tried to do, but it's the one that actually led to lasting change and an improvement in workers conditions. See, I think all of that is really cool. I think it's really difficult if you connect a true story to a fictional character. Mm. Because then you're like, and I'm, I might be saying that now and without ever considering that this happens all the time and potentially it happens all the time. And I do think it's important to like bring this up. Like, obviously, because I always think that media and, and, and TV and, and, and entertainment has an educational side to it, right? So I think it's important to see the stories and to have stories like this. But if you connect it to a fictional character... It's difficult to distinguish what is what is real now and what isn't. Mm. Like, and I know it's, and then it's also hard for people to grasp. And that still doesn't kind of doesn't change that you still hear the see the story. But there is power in reality, right? Mm-hmm. So, so and not fiction. And and also, I also think there's power in fiction. But sometimes the power of reality is even stronger than the power of fiction. And then, um, then you're like, now this is all kind of. Now the Sarah Chapman is like some side character in something that is actually a main character story, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, but also she was 
like they they told her story in the film like about how what research that she did and how she like did this and it was just she kind of went missing so they had to had to make like a detective story out of it and they did that and they had Enola Holmes more or less playing the role of Annie Besant um um because like I I think it would have been too much to introduce like so many characters and then adding in another social activist like when there's already um Enola Holmes and then there's like uh Edith who's doing a lot Edith and Eudoria her mom um doing a lot um but they had no issue introducing the one but they introduced the sister for example the small one they introduced the one that then got spoiler alert where things happened then did they introduce that person as well and some so so I don't know Gemma says, I think that creative nonfiction can do more to create proper representation. Well, creative nonfiction can do more to create proper representation than stuff loosely based on reality. But there's pluses and minuses to both. Yeah. Um, And there's like now that after I and it was just the, the effect for me that after I realized that it was a true story, I was more invested. Hmm. But then it it all immediately, then my brain immediately goes to, well, what of this is now all true, right? Like, what of it is how far can you, which is when I think the merch is going to get, is going to be really difficult because you say, yes, it is based on a true story. But then you see like how loose based on a true story is like there's some resemblance, you have a name and then it just makes it just makes it hard to differentiate. And I don't know if it's necessary to differentiate, but maybe it is because fake news are so easily spread mm, well that's true and now we have it connected to something that is fiction so that just makes it really difficult to then be like watch in a couple of years people or kids in school say but this was Enola Holmes you know what I mean like it's not happening because the people are probably not talking about but it's just I think it's difficult then because it kind of takes away a bit of the real life cre- credit that people can and should be getting mm. and but i also see that you sometimes need to pack it in entertainment because people just people would rather watch an all homes than watch a documentary about the matchstick girls that's true so it's difficult to, so it's easier to reach a lot of people but at the same time what does it tell us or what the, what what image does it give that it's okay to misrepresent well not misrep but like loosely tell a story that's not what that's not really factually correct through and through you know what i mean Mm. i do um but i'm going to reference a den of geek article written by natalie Mm -hmm. zutter um and she says um you know about the the taking away of annie besson and i think it's what she says is I think my thoughts on it, and she says it really well, so I'm going to read it word for word. Um, She says, In a sense, Enola takes on Besson's role in the story, less of a replacement and more of a reinterpretation. Rather than try to raise awareness in the public sphere, she sleuths her way through the factory undercover and then follows subsequent clues around London. With the film introducing a number of new characters, it would probably have been too much to have a very vocal reformer for Enola to either clash against or team up with. And while it would have been great to see Enola find a potential older female mentor, she has plenty of those in returning characters like her mother Eudoria and tea house owner jujitsu instructor Edith, as well as an intriguing new character Mira Troy. So it's not necessarily, they've they've erased her name, 
but they have like reinterpreted her actions and given that role to Enola. And I don't yeah. think that's a bad thing. Like, I think that it creates for a smoother story um, in this case. Like, this is a story about Enola Holmes. Um, that's... I don't necessarily have an issue with how they did it per se. Like, I get, like, I, well, everything you just read makes sense. Like, it makes sense story-wise. It makes sense that it would have otherwise been more difficult and there are already enough people in there. I get all of that. But at the same time... It's it's about Enola Holmes, but the story it's not really about Enola Holmes. Like it's not her actually her story to tell. Mm. So my my issue starts like a step before the interpretation of it because I'm like, should this even is this a good idea or not to have been doing it like this and use the real life story with real life people to tell a story about a fictional character and use the and and enhance that as a story, you know, like in and. Because for me, the issue is if they would have just taken the matchstick story, not used like real names of people in back in the day, but then change like the issue I have with it is some some parts of it are actually true and other parts are not true. Like you said this, or I think what you read out that the the matchsticks company was called differently, but the the name of Sarah Chapman is correct again. And so so this is all just this all causes so much confusion. Like. Would they not, like, I think they can base it on something that is similar to this, um, but not make it say that this is the story they've been telling? Because it's not really, you haven't really been telling this story. You have made a fictional story out of something that is partly true. Mm -hmm. Gemma agrees with Moni. She thinks that ascribing the victories and stories to characters who haven't gone through the life that brought them there can falsely represent the struggle in context. I mean, I, I do see what you both are saying, and I and I can absolutely see that point of view. But um, and I can see how it's problematic, absolutely. And like maybe there's a better way to do this. But for me, at the end of the day, I enjoyed this movie, and it didn't take away from it for me at all. And I thought that it was better to have some conversation about something that many people had never even heard of than to. Yeah, I think it's not. It I think you can't say everything is great about it or like I think it doesn't always have to be one or the other like like Gemma says it's not black and white like it's it's like it lands differently for different people right mm -hmm. like you liked it and you like that you because obviously now you've re read up on it more and you know more about this entire situation and okay cool it's part of an, with an always not not no not really like it's just a way of transporting the message like Enola is a messenger in that regard and some kind of storyteller for you to then look deeper into it and find out the truth, like the reality of it, mm -hmm. which I think is cool. And I think is epic that it's kind of this vehicle. It kind of works like this vehicle for the, for the story and to see more of that and hear more about that. But some people might also not do that and then mm -hmm. kind of, kind of interpret, interpret it, it as, something and then they're missing a big part of the story mm -hmm. of the actual story so i think it's like you can't really say this is a bad idea was a bad choice and this was a good idea was a good choice it could could have go it goes either way or like an entirely different way for other people um mm -hmm. there are also not only two ways through this it was a it's choice yeah an interesting choice though somehow isn't it like mm -hmm. i feel like was there anything comparable comparable 
that has been some movie or something that is like and I know there are like a lot of movies that are like based on a true story and then loosely mm. take from whatever but they often don't then don't necessarily take names from reality and just parts of it or something I don't know yeah I don't know I was I was trying to think about that when you were like saying you know they shouldn't do this and I'm like well what about and I was trying to think of a movie and I couldn't think of anything um yeah so I, I don't know like it's a unique take on on history and media and retelling in a way that is interesting for younger generation and enjoyable as well um I think anyways um and just I don't know bringing fun to history even if it's not specifically super accurate and I'm saying this as somebody who studied history um that sometimes like facts aren't as important as the message and the learning from what happened in history and don't get me wrong like when you're right in there with history you want the facts you want the importance but sometimes just to get the 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 learning and the lesson you don't need to know what happened on july 5th 1988 you just need to know that the match girls went on strike but does it need a fictional character to make it more enticing because would I you have watched a movie that was starring uh annie bassett and but Basant, sorry, and uh, Sarah Chapman. And it was called The Match Girls Striking. I mean, it also depends on the actors, right? Like, if it doesn't, that doesn't mean that no story has ever been told or like every historical story has never been filmed or put made into entertainment, but been used kind of somewhat as accurately as possible. Like this is without people wanting to watch it, you know what I mean? Like it's, 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 this okay. This was a sequel of an Ola Holmes one. People were already into one. Of course, they will watch two. But treated as it is as entirely separate movie, put the red X's in. People would have watched it just as also. I think. Mm. Like it's all about how they would, how they make like literally every other movie. Like if you, they cast high quality actors so they can watch it. Mm-hmm. But then, like, you have to think as well that Sherlock Holmes, Enola Holmes, like, all the iterations of Sherlock that has been, like, they're all taking us back to the 1880s, the 1870s, like, that time period. And things happen. Like, they're going to want to tell stories with actual events that happened. Like, Sherlock Holmes talks, goes back to Jack the Ripper all the time. Um, And there is so much mystery and intrigue about what happened during those periods. And um having like a fictional retelling of that you know it's like it's not always going to be 100 historically accurate i think like if we're getting you know the main things that happen like the main points of a story the main points of a historical event like i think that that's that's important even if it's not 100 historically accurate but then my issue with it is that some then people are passing the story on because you retell the story, right? That's what's, what you tell stories for, for, for other people to remember and retell them. And then to retell something, what, what can people... Yes, there was... The, you know, like, then they make a story out of it that is not actually true, but telling, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I don't give a shit about the historical numbers or dates or whatever. Like, I always thought this is bullshit because nobody cares. Like, if you don't, don't, nobody cares about the exact date of 
whatever right like mm -hmm. makes no difference in your life whether or not you know if it was 1984 or 1983 or 1944 or 45 or whatever like makes no difference really like if you know it approximately or if you know the ex like pff, whatever like uh, history was always made way too boring for children to consume because there was nothing ever with that but that doesn't mean that the stories in itself were boring. It's just how they are have been delivered. Mm -hmm. And I don't need to make stories that are already interesting. I don't need to merge it with something fictional just so that people will like it more. <laughs> how dare you watch my brain work, Gemma? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I, I absolutely see what you're saying. But we're presented with this film that's based on a book. And the author wrote this story that had this historical element See, to it. See, I didn't even know that, that it's based on a book. It's based on fictional books. Um, Enola Holmes is a, is a book series. Um, so if this is the plot of the second book, then it's going to be the plot of the second film. Why does it not count as plagiarism? Because it's true? Because if you would do that with any other story, you would you would it would be... a you i don't know the noun for it now how is it plagiarism of like you can't plagiarize historical events yeah yes but also but that's why that's what that's why i'm like why can you use them randomly to that degree for your story because if you would do that with any other story it would be a pla it would be plagiarism if somebody wrote the story yes it's factual like how can you make money off of reality real like real i don't know i don't I, this is i'm just going down this hole of 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 what is even happening here i didn't think we would be having this conversation today <laughs> i know yes, i know <sighs> history is public knowledge says Gemma. slander and character theft are real so there is a distinction yeah so we could literally sit here and debate the pros and cons yeah. of historical fiction and creative storytelling and all of this like we could do this for hours um so let's move on yeah if you don't mind because no it's we, fine other, i know there's, I, there's other no, things to talk about i also don't think there is one answer to it anyway so no. so just okay, tell me something you liked about the movie i always love millie bobby brown i think she's epic i um love that day especially because sherlock is always like this important like this character like everybody knows Sherlock Holmes stories and they reinterpreted a bunch of these stories um like as I said Moriarty was a black woman love that I just th thought that was incredible I also love that this was the first time um Sherlock and Watson met and Watson was also an Indian guy or something like it was also yeah. a really uh, diverse cast in general even though the main characters obviously are always white um, I, I generally liked some other messages that weren't related to the other main stories about maybe you don't need to do everything all alone all the time like that mm -hmm. is something that I really that for me was, was, was an important story and you do can achieve more together which then in the end also resulted in the Matchstick strike, match girl strike, matchsticks, <laughs> and same thing. Um, so that I that I really love the story with the, I like the Thubury or whatever his name is, but yeah, I don't Tukesbury. think it's really necessary. 
Like I don't I don't know. I'm like, yeah, you're just putting romance in now because you can and not because it's necessary in the story. Um but saying I generally that, though, think I'm he's gonna a interrupt you like and, and, and go here, but saying that like um I did like the the development that Enola went through um about her love for Tewksbury because she wanted to be this independent woman that her mother taught her how to be and then but she was in love with this man and she was like no 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 but i'm independent i don't i don't need no man and then her mom was like well you know like maybe i have taught you to be too independent like it's okay to to open your heart to someone if it's the right person and like you can still be independent and love someone mm. and like i thought that that was also a really important message yeah. like you can be your own person while being in love with somebody else yeah it's true yeah, yeah, I like that. And that also fits with the you don't need to do it all alone kind of thing, right? So mm -hmm. that was, I just like that general, general undertone of it all, like of it, of collaboration and community instead of I'm this lonely, all alone detective that nobody needs and I never need help. And you can see, and I think you could see it like with Sherlock losing his shit a little and things. So mm -hmm. I think they've done that really well. I think like they that. did a great job of humanizing Sherlock Holmes in this because mm -hmm. you always see him in other adaptations where he is this aloof, very smart, very intelligent, and not great at peopling. Like he's 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 just his people skills lack. Um, he's just too analytical. Whereas this kind of shows maybe why he's like that. Like mm -hmm. he 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 puts these barriers up, like because his his mother taught them, you know, to be mm -hmm. the best and and to separate themselves, and um, uh, like that does lead to limitations. Like with with Sherlock's cases, like he he couldn't um solve something without you know Enola yeah. looking at it as well. But he wouldn't ever ask her because of pride and because he's he needs to do it himself because he is the Sherlock Holmes, mm -hmm. you know, and. Um, so this is helping to humanize him as a character, um, mm. which is a real, it's, it's a refreshing take on him because I mean, even the, the BBC document or not documentary, but the BBC adaptation with, um, Benedict Cumberbatch, like he's just very, very, very analytical and like, it's a level of Sherlock Holmes that is even above many of the other, probably all of the oh, other yeah. Sherlock Holmes. Like it is oh, like super, super smart. That's what I was going to say. I think that the BBC series adaptation really put like heaps on the fact that Sherlock is this uh, person who doesn't need anyone and is the only looking out for themselves because even Robert Downey Jr. wasn't as unapproachable mm -hmm. as as uh, like Benedict Cumberbatch is, which yeah. is interesting. He was a bit more in of like a goofy right. Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so yeah, yeah this, this one is showing like Sherlock um, caring for his sister and helping her and, you know, reluctantly accepting help. And even at the end of the film being like, what about homes and homes? Like wanting to bounce ideas off and like actually go in that direction. And I thought that that was like, yeah, okay, it's not the way that Arthur Conan Doyle wrote Sherlock Holmes, but... I like this version of him that is mm -hmm. like, yeah, maybe I can be a bit more collaborative. Mm. I also like that she was immediately, I would always be under your shadow and I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. um, but we can have another relationship that isn't professional because we're yeah. siblings and not um, because of work. Mm -hmm. I, I did and like I that. Love and I didn't the hate the movie. Like it's okay. not one of these once again. 
Okay, fair enough. Um, and I I love the fact that um, Enola created the opportunity for Dr. Watson to show up um, instead of her. And yeah. be like, I heard you were looking for a roommate. Yeah, um, I like that. Like, I, I just thought that was, that was great. Um, so I'm... Like it's that's actually got me excited for the Enola Holmes three, which I'm assuming is coming because they wouldn't introduce Doctor Watson like right at the end without new without the next movie like coming right. Um, and if they you do, think? bunch of bastards, bunch of bastards. <laughs> but like, I'm just wondering if they just kind of wanted to tell the story of how Sherlock met Watson, and that's that's it. I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, know. we will see. Yeah. I guess. Um, because in the end it's Enola Holmes and not Sherlock and Watson it's true but maybe in Enola 3 we will see more of Watson yeah yeah I don't know Um, do we know if there's when did we know when a second one was coming out shortly after the other one okay maybe more I'm not sure Um, a really small moment like just a few seconds that I thought was awesome was when Enola, it was very near the beginning. She was running through the streets trying to get away from the police officers. And she goes into some, like a a young boy's house um, and they switch clothes. Um, And she's like wearing these traditionally man 1888 clothes. And then the boy is wearing like a dress and a scarf. and, And he's like looking at himself like, Oh my God, I've never looked so pretty. And I felt like, he was having his first moment of like gender euphoria, um, <laughs> like just like just his look, his his like ad- admiration of himself, and I was like, oh yes, that was a nice little insert there. I totally missed that. Did you? Maybe I just walked out, created a glass of water or something, but I totally didn't see that. Oh, was it the very it, beginning of it or what? Um, it was. It was within the first half hour, I would say. I definitely left the room once for for a short moment. Mm. Oh, damn and it. it was while she was like running, running away from the police, from the cops. Um, nice. Yeah, other, yeah, it, it, it was a nice moment. I was like, hmm. I mean, well, I could be reading into it way too much. It's also it's absolutely possible. But that's my interpretation of that. Like, no, but I mean, how often scene. how often do you see that anyway? Like, exactly. Cool. I like that. Mm hmm. Um, yeah, but otherwise, I don't have a lot else to say to it, to be fair. Yeah. I'm sorry. Okay. Well, I do, so I'll just keep talking. Um, so there was uh, an issue here of police corruption, um, which I think is a really important thing that movies and, and media depict, um, especially in our current era of police corruption, um, and how like they are causing crimes causing uh and and perpetuating these crimes to happen and allowing them to happen and not just turning a blind eye but actually being the perpetrators Mm -hmm. and then trying to cover them up um and i think like that discussion is really important to be having in our media um Mm. and in our everyday lives as well because all cops are bastards and it's just carries on here i know that we've got the the character of lestrade who is famous in the sherlock holmes movies um played by not a white man um which is great um that's another thing i really love about this is that like they've hired actors of color um to come in for like what would be traditionally you know white in the the original books i just think it's great um Mm. though they do have they do have lestrade as a 
kind of a bit of the 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 dumbass cop like he's not quite sure what's going on um but he seems he's to the one with the like, mustache right like with the beard no no he's the one that um is more helping sherlock like the the inspector lestrade and not not the um the grail guy who was the one that was like yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, the one. It, it, it's the right yeah. one. He has this weird yeah. text. Oh, does he? I don't thingy. even remember it. But yes, yeah, him. Um, like he's he's like a good guy cop, but he's also like the the way he's portrayed in the film is like, how did you get your credentials? Because you don't seem very bright. I think t- t- the way I perceive him is more of somebody who has. A lot of people over him that constantly tell him what to do that he needs to listen to, even though he doesn't necessarily want to, but he has to. Mm. That's how I perceive him. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah. So even though he might want to do like different things or the right thing or whatever, he can't because he's kind of tied in his position and everybody else is deciding over him. That's how I, Mm -hmm. how he vibes. Like that's, that's like the vibes I get from him. Mm hmm. Yeah, that's a much better interpretation. I I accept that. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Then when Enola got arrested and went to prison and um, they, like, Sherlock went to Edith to be like, so Enola got arrested. Like, can we do something about this? Like, he knew he couldn't do that himself. So that's another, like, collaboration kind of thing. And he was gone to Edith, who went to Eudoria, because they have this, like, epic women's rights I remember that later then I was like oh yeah in the first movie they had like this combo like this this organized empowered group of women who are yeah doing activism work kind of thing I remember that yeah. then yeah and I think it continued well it did continue here but it also seemed to be inside the prison um because even though it looked like all the women prisoners were about to kick the shit out of Enola they were just like distracting the guards and how they got that message in there i don't know because it was like a day later but here they are breaking enola out of prison and Mm. going on this pretty epic chase which i i mean like a coach chase is like so typically holmes and i love it um you can never go wrong with it um but like eudoria just has this aloof air about her and then she pulls off these absolutely epic movements and 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 explosions and like just that they have all of this prepared for whoever because they it it didn't happen overnight they didn't do that overnight they've had it prepared and know how to do this for the case in case somebody they need to like jailbreak somebody like they are ready for this they're ready to go and i love that i mean they also couldn't have cast this role with anyone better than Helena Bonham Carter, to be honest. That's true. Like, like yeah. there's, it's just like, it's written for her. Mm-hmm. Maybe she was the inspiration for it anyway, because I feel that would be very fitting because she's just the perfect person to do this. Mm-hmm. She's amazing. Amazing. And we would be remiss, Mani, if we didn't talk about Mira, Mira Troy. Um, yeah. The reimagining of Sherlock's biggest nemesis, Moriarty as a fucking incredible black woman who has been uh, like Moriarty is Sherlock's equal in intelligence and deduction and everything. And the only difference is that Moriarty does things for bad and Sherlock does things for good or your perception of them. Like that's the way the story goes. Um, 
And so Mira Troy is this woman who's working for the treasure the, finance, the minister of minister finance, something, something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and has been able to mastermind this whole web of stealing from the ministry of minister of finance, stealing the lion's matches money and like moving it to all of these different banks, just in a puzzle to show Sherlock that there's somebody out there who's as fucking smart as him. And what it comes down to when it's revealed who it is, she's like, yeah, it was me. And she's like, I'm fucking awesome. Like you never take into account how intelligent I am. And I'm sitting here just gathering this information. And I stole all of this money right from under your nose. And you're just dumb men. And I did this. And yeah, okay, take me to jail. I know I'll escape. And she does like within a day. <laughs> like or something mm. you know um so I, I i really liked her character she was just very i don't know you just got this great sense of of intelligence and connivingness but not like that but like the positive of conniving what is that like what is, what is th- the positive I think of conniving? i don't even know what that word means so i can't say what the uh, positive the way i perceived her was she had so much fun doing it mm-hmm. like you you could see her enjoyment in it all and to her and she said it like it's just a game it's a game it's fun and if you know the rules of the game you can do anything and she's basically just playing this game and doesn't mm-hmm. even get doesn't really give a shit about whether or not this is what the outcomes of it are like it wouldn't even and i feel that's also something that like in the bbc sherlock that uh, andrew scott or whatever his name is um does quite really well it's like this the real game is the game that moriarty plays with sherlock mm-hmm. and that's that's what she's about with the lack of certain morals obviously but it's mm-hmm. not even about the crime it's about this game this intellectual game yes. of tease and and the puzzle and, and I think the you could see it with her, yeah, yeah, yeah. You could see it with her that more than I think with with other characters that had the same role, where she's just like, I'm, I'm epic. I might not have like I did what I could with, and I and I, I had this innocent role of whatever, and you just underestimating me, and I'm powerful, and I'm I'm doing it, and I'm having fun doing it, and I think mm-hmm. that was really that was really cool. Yeah, I agree. Great character. Great mm. interpretation of Moriarty as well. Just, mm. I'm a fan. <laughs> I was worried for a tiny bit they what they might have... Because in the beginning it looked a bit like when she was coming out with her story and it's her... She didn't come out as... Like, I was a bit concerned they're gonna make her end up less... Um, sophist- well, less sophisticated in her her stance like i thought they want they would make her more of a joking matter who is just a bit crazy for the lack of a better word um than incredibly intelligent but i think they turned it around mm-hmm. like I, I had this feeling this would gonna go this way when she started to speak about it and i was like okay are they just gonna paint her like this this obs- woman who has like an unhealthy obsession with something or but then I think they moved it quite nicely to this is a game for her and she's enjoying it because of the intelligence of it and not because she's just I mean also because she's obsessed with 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 Sherlock in a way but not not the way mm-hmm. I thought it would put it I, I thought this was mm-hmm. gonna go 
Yeah, it went went in a good way, I think. Mm, that's for sure. Um I think I'm I think I'm done. I think I'm done. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I don't I I, I kind of was hoping it would be like for me personally it would be would not feel like a repetition of what has already happened. I can maybe watch it again and see if it was the time of day. <laughs> mm. And it was what was good enough. It was I didn't fall asleep like during a lot of other movies like I did do now recently very often but it was it was a nice piece of entertainment good i'm glad we watched uh and enjoyed it immensely i enjoyed it immensely i don't know what tom t- thought because we didn't talk about it. tom um, messaged me and was like and all the fucking homes <laughs> so i think he liked it well that was the name of our previous Enola homes episode so I didn't remember that. See, there he is. <laughs> fucking homes. Enola fucking homes. Um, but yeah, I mean, I know that there are historical inaccuracies, um, but as an entertainment uh, film that follows the Sherlock Holmes formula, I thought it was great. Mm. Cool. Cool. I think we've summed it up quite nicely now. I think so too. Um, but. Don't get us wrong. There is a lot more that we can talk about in regards to uh, historical uh, retellings of or, uh, cre- creative historical retellings, you know, it's all true. that stuff. There's so much there, and we just—I mean, this episode is long enough already. <laughs> cool, but cool. I think that's it for this week. Then we've done it. Done it okay, justice. <laughs> we have, um, and we will see you again next week for another amazing episode of Caring. Bye. Bye. If you like this episode of Geek Caring, why not leave us an iTunes review? You can also find us on social at Geek Caring and over on geekcaring.com.